Welcome to episode 169 of the Introvert Entrepreneur Podcast. I'm Beth Below, and I am looking forward to sharing this time with you. Thank you so much for joining me. There are often words, phrases, or concepts that seem to pop up into my awareness in cycles, as if all the people I know conspire together to talk about the same thing until I get the message. So far, this summer has been the summer of story, with the main question being, what does your story say about you? There are internal stories we tell ourselves about who we are, what we're good at, what our roles are, and what we're capable of. Then there are the external stories that we tell others. Sometimes the external stories are informed by the aforementioned internal stories, such as when we tell people, I'm not good at sales, and we really believe that in our minds. We're not trying to be humble. It's an honest belief. That story also gives us a chance to say, see, I told you so, if we feel like we don't measure up. Other times, our stories defy our inner dialogue, such as when we put on a brave face and say, I'm ready, even though we're second-guessing ourselves every step of the way. One introvert story I hear over and over is, I'm terrible at networking. I recently wrote a post for Leadership Story Lab that responds to this common refrain, among others, and I want to share just a few words from that piece with you now. Here's the advice I offered. Remember what introversion is. You gain energy from solitude and drain energy in social settings. Your I need to recharge default setting is solitude and quiet. But since introversion has been collapsed with shyness and anxiety for so long, we can absorb that story of I'm not good at networking and believe it's true for us if we demonstrate even the slightest bit of nerves in social situations. But here's the thing. Almost everyone gets nervous. Everyone wants to make a good impression. They want to make meaningful connections. And most introverts, and even some extroverts, find that exhausting, even if they have a good time or they're successful at it. The thing is, you're not alone. The people who get comfortable with those activities have often identified the skills they need, worked on those skills, and then practiced. There's a cosmetics ad from a few years back that says, maybe she's born with it, maybe it's Maybelline. It's safe to assume that most people you see that are savvy networkers, salespeople, and socialites have had a little help from Maybelline. I'll share the link to the full Leadership Story Lab post once it's live. I'll be posting that link on Facebook at The Introvert Entrepreneur, on Twitter under my handle at Introvert Coach, and on my website, theintrovertentrepreneur.com. So stay tuned. If you've already listened to episode 168, you'll hear some of this as a continuation of that conversation, but from the perspective of a social worker who specifically works with introverts. If you haven't listened to it, then I hope my chat with Stacy Gillette inspires you to backtrack and see what insights Maura Aarons Mealy has for you. Tracy Gillette is founder of Quiet Pathways, which is specifically designed to meet the needs of introverted individuals. In Tracy's private practice as a clinical social worker, she offers counseling to those that are introverted who are dealing with anxiety, depression, relationship and work issues, as well as loss and grief. She identifies very much as an introvert and loves sharing what she knows about introversion. She is on a mission to create the introvert norm so we can stop 
comparing ourselves to extroverts. Tracy is also a mom to three great kids, two introverts and one extrovert. You'll find out more about Tracy, as well as links to information on how to connect with her and where to get her Introvert Island book selections on the episode webpage at theintrovertentrepreneur.com slash podcast. Hi, Tracy. Welcome to the Introvert Entrepreneur podcast. I am so delighted to be talking with you today. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it's, I'm really excited to be on the podcast. Definitely highlight for me. Oh, thank you. That's awesome. And I'm I'm curious about what's making you smile today. Uh, well, my kids got off school last Thursday, and and I've been working a lot, so I haven't got to hang out with them. Um, so starting today until next week, I'm off on holidays with them, and my sister is coming up from Ontario with her partner, and they're going to be staying with us for a week. So. So we feel like we're heading into summer mode now. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. pretty excited. There's nothing that quite, I suppose if, if one is a parent, you, you might feel some of it, but there's nothing that quite equals that last day of school in the beginning of summer, you know, in that sense of um, freedom <laughs> that you have. Totally, yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's so much emotion, too, around the last day of school. And Yes. Yeah, but it's nice that sleeping in and, you know, less stress in the house, which is nice. Definitely, definitely. Well, I want to give uh, folks some context to our conversation by starting out with talking about where you fall on the introvert-extrovert spectrum, and how has that awareness influenced your path? Yeah, I would say I'm pretty introverted. You know, that I really do like to be on my own. I like things that are quiet or more low-key. And then once I figured that out, it made a big difference in my life. And I was probably my early 40s when I put those pieces together. Mm. Yeah, and then so many things just started to make sense to me. You know, why some things are pretty difficult for me, why some other things are pretty easy for me to do. I feel like I know myself better. So that was an important piece to land for me, to know that I was introverted. Yeah. What do you feel like um, shifted the most in your life once you had that awareness? Uh, Like, I think it was, yeah, like just really understanding myself better mm-hmm. you know like even picking my kids up from school in that unstructured social setting mm-hmm. so so now I was like oh that's actually tricky for me where it doesn't look tricky for other people so I was just kind of able to breathe through those things but I don't actually have to force myself to be extroverted yeah. I can just let this be yeah. and you yeah. know if people might like wonder you know why isn't she approaching us that's okay if they wonder that yeah so just really less pressure, I think, to look like I'm extroverted. Yeah. It doesn't feel like it's part of my life anymore. So I think that's been a big shift for me. Yeah. Well, as you say that, I think about sometimes that acceptance of being an introvert, it doesn't necessarily change how we appear outwardly, especially maybe to other people. But the change and the shift is so internal in terms of, like you said, releasing some of that pressure and feeling less stress and accepting what our natural tendency is to do. Maybe that's just true to being our introvert nature, but the change that happens is largely internal. Yeah, I would agree with that. Like I, like on the outside, my life doesn't look a lot different, but internally, it's much different. Mm-hmm. I would hope a lot more peace. <laughs> Completely. Yeah. Yeah. And a much nicer way to live. Yeah. Well, I know that you are a therapist and you specialize in working with introverts. So I'm curious to dial back the clock a little bit and ask about that initial catalyst or, you know, what drew you to being a therapist and in particular your decision to focus on working with introverts? Yeah. Well, to start, like, uh, like I really feel pulled to help people. 
And I really like to show up, you know, be there with them, kind of help them through their their pain. Mm -hmm. And people suffering makes a lot of sense to me that, you know, so when someone comes to see me in that first session and they explain what's going on, mm-hmm. it's like my brain can really organize around like, oh, because of this, this, and this, that's why they're feeling really stuck. That's why they don't know what to do. They don't have any kind of idea of how to solve the problem. And just feel a lot of satisfaction in being able to help people out of that suffering. Mm-hmm. And just, you know, that I have some tools and skills to help people move through that and to watch, you know, to be part of somebody's healing journey. Yeah. What might be happening in session one versus session six or session 12. Yeah. It, it feels mm-hmm. like quite an honor to be part of that process with them. Did you always know that you wanted to be in therapy and counseling or did you have another path that happened first and then you had that awareness that this is where your gifts were going to be of, of the most powerfully used? Yeah, like it started back when I was 19 and I was a camp counselor. Oh. And so there's a, a variety of kids, so like really cute, well-behaved kids and then those kids that just were really struggling. And and I was just always pulled to, to help the other, like the kids that were struggling. Yeah. Not that I didn't want to hang out with the other kids, but <laughs> that wasn't where my pull was. So from there, um, got my child and youth worker diploma. And so then worked in a group home probably for about 12 years with teenagers, mm-hmm. with you know lots of stuff going on in their life. And um, after a certain point, it was deciding that I wanted to work with people that wanted to work with me because often the teenagers didn't want to be in the group home. Yeah. They wanted to be at home or, you know, doing stuff they weren't supposed to do. Yeah. So I was really wanting to work with people that were ready to have some changes in their life. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how I evolved to becoming a therapist. Yeah. Do you know what, I'm, I'm sure you probably do, what your Myers-Briggs type is? You know, I have done that a few times. I think, mm. I actually can't remember now. If you're a J or a P. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's INF. Yeah, as you were talking, I was thinking about, you know, how there are different uh, types that are definitely kind of predisposed to the therapy, counseling, even teaching, all of those helping professions, I guess. And it sounds like you are one of the lucky ones that really found um, your space in the world and you get to hang out in it. Yeah, yeah. And I think I've always had that, like kind of knowing where I belong to work wise. Mm-hmm. One particular group on that I worked at. I knew I didn't belong there. Like I still knew how to do the work, but yeah. So I think I've always had that sense of kind of what's the right fit for me. Yeah. Yeah. And what drew you specifically to working with introverts? I mean, you, as you said, you're an introvert yourself. Yeah. What caused you to kind of take that extra step to say, this is who I primarily want to do my work with? Well, I think it's like, as I, um, I guess in my early forties is when my own, I guess, awakening started around being an introvert. And, and I think because, because of being a therapist, talking to other people that we often will bring up personal issues, mm-hmm. like even in the workplace, but then I, I knew this place to really talk about my own learning and then talked with other people that were introverted about their own learning and then really felt a need to pass this on to other people that were introverted. Yeah. And part of it is we all will experience suffering in our life, right? We'll have people that will pass away, people leave us, those kinds of things. So there's suffering that we can't avoid. But when there's suffering around being introverted, it actually doesn't have to be there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's more where I get so pulled to, like, how can this start to shift? You know, helping people understand how come it is like this right now and how it can shift, mm-hmm. too. Right. And I really like working with my introverted clients. Our sessions are, you know, calm, peaceful, deep. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, so I quite enjoy the work as well. So um, it feels a little bit selfish sometimes, too, like for what I get out of the work. Well, you get that, that opportunity, and I feel this in my coaching. There's a sharing of energy, you know, or the, the partnership feels energetically aligned. And I'm guessing that enables you to be more fully present for that person because you're not distracted by trying to manage your energy with a super hyper personality type. Yeah, yeah. And I think like it was maybe eight months ago when I started advertising specifically to people that were more introverted. So I've really noticed a difference in it just as you said that that energy. And when people check out my website, if they're more extroverted, they wouldn't call me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because sometimes that was a tricky thing for me. If somebody was talking a lot, like how do I kind of get in there to say something where with my introverted clients, it, it just really is that nice flow that happens. Yeah. Well, one point you emphasize, and, and you've already touched on this a little bit, is that introverts need to let go of wanting to be extrovert. And and it sounds like you've maybe had a kernel of that desire yourself and through your own awareness have moved through it. Based on your own experience and, and the work that you've done so far, how would you advise others that are feeling that pull towards like, oh, I wish I were an extrovert. How would you advise them to approach that particular pull? Yeah. And I think for me, kind of how I got through that was really through education and through connection. Mm -hmm. There's some really great books out there now that it like really explains introversion quite well. And then talking about it, because I think that was a big thing for me, but I had a few people as I said, that I was able you know, to really talk about my experience and they talked about their experience being introverted. Because I think what's missing for us is that sense of what's our normal. Because mm-hmm. in our society, normal is extroverted. Right. It's not actually true, but that's what's presented to us. Mm-hmm. So by talking with other people that are more introverted, then you start to see, well, this is actually my normal. Right? Going to a party, I'm, I'm going to be overwhelmed. That's actually normal for me. So I think that it can start to make that difference for people. Because we can't actually ever be extroverted, no matter how hard we work. Yeah. And that's something that I do see with some of my clients that they'll put lots of energy for a few weeks, being extroverted, going out, eating lunch with people at work. And then like two or three weeks, they're completely drained and they withdraw. And then they come out of that and then they do the extroverted thing again. And there's probably not much pleasure, satisfaction in their life. Mm -hmm. But I do think that that acceptance piece, for a while, it can be a tricky thing. And I think for me, when when I got to that point of like, I actually can't change this about myself, I felt a bit defeated for a while. And then I was disappointed that I felt defeated. <laughs> so, but I had to sit with that for a while. Like, okay, this actually isn't going to work. Yeah. And then once I just let that be, then to actually start accepting things about myself and then liking things about myself too. Well, it it sounds like you're inviting us to kind of recalibrate our definition of quote-unquote normal. What is normal for us is more important, perhaps, you know, what is then and how we function best. And I suppose that's what I I sort of mean by normal as in, you know, opposite of abnormal. (laughs) You know, there's nothing wrong with you um, saying this is normal for me. And that enables us to be more at ease in other situations that previously kind of felt not comfortable. Yeah, yeah. And it, it might also be like the more that we accept our introversion, the more, you know, if I do have to go to a social gathering, it's that like, yeah, it might be difficult for me, mm-hmm. right? Versus it shouldn't be difficult for me. Right. So then when it is, it, it feels bigger, Yeah. like more difficult. It takes the pressure off of 
I'm supposed to be a certain yeah, way. Definitely. Well, when you and I first connected, I had this realization that, you know, as a coach who works with introverts, I mostly focus on the strengths. It's the sort of, you know, building up of the strengths of that individual and looking from the present forward. And as coaches, we're always taught, even though it comes up occasionally, we don't, it's not our job and it's outside of our expertise to kind of dive into the past. And so as a therapist, you have the expertise to look at strengths and looking forward, but also to look backward to explore the challenges of being an introvert in a different way, going back to our family of origin and earlier experiences. What do you find is most powerful about being able to take that approach with your clients? Well, I find that it helps me understand why today isn't working. Mm. There's two pieces that I look at with my clients. And then this first one is, so we come into the world introverted and you know, probably until about grade three or grade four, nobody's getting too alarmed that we're introverted. Mm-hmm. And then maybe about grade four, you know, that kid's starting to hear, you know, you shouldn't be reading your book all day. Why don't you have more friends? Why don't you go ask that kid to play? So then there's that experience of this feels normal for me, but now I'm told it's not normal. Mm-hmm. And then the thing I'm told is normal doesn't feel normal for me. So then when that happens for us, we have to start to disconnect from ourselves. And start to look outward to feel like, to figure out what I'm supposed to do. And then what that looks like as an adult is, and we might have friends that don't treat us very well. We might have a partner that doesn't treat us very well. We might not like our work. So it's looking at when we're not accepted for who we are, then how that changes the way that we behave and believe about ourselves as well. The other piece that I look for too is what it looked like around parenting because it's really important that the parent really understands the child. Mm -hmm. So when the child's looking at the parent, they see themselves reflected back. And there's that sense, my parent understands me, they get me, they know what I love, they know what I don't love. But if that parent is, you know, what's wrong with you? How come you're not talking to other kids? Then again, we usually end up in relationships when there's a big disconnect. So we might show up as we just take care of the friend, we take care of the partner, but nobody really knows us, yeah. right? So then that can lead to loneliness, depression, anxiety. So using those pieces about the impact of introversion in the extroverted world, and then what it looks like in their like everyday life. Yeah, nice. Yeah, if we can sometimes find out like where were the stories first planted about who we are and how we're quote unquote supposed to be in the world. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and then helping them see that it's actually not true, yeah. right? It's like people didn't understand that you were quiet. That's why things got off track. It wasn't because you were faulty or defective. Yeah. Yeah. And that can take a bit of time to process that, but people can process that though. Yeah. Well, tell me if this question is off track. What about the introverted parent that has challenges, you know, especially maybe perhaps with young children and whether those children are introverted or extroverted, just that they're going to, you know, require a lot of energy and presence from that parent. Any recommendations or advice for that introverted parent that might feel like they're struggling a little bit to both take care of their of their kids and their relationships as well as take care of themselves. Yeah, and that for sure is a tricky one because um, I, I do have some clients who we do talk about that. And I think a common thing for an introverted parent is, you know, we only have so much energy. And so let's say our energy, you know, it's a Saturday and our energy got us until five o'clock. 
and we might have another three or four hours to go with our kids. And, and now we're snapping at people. Mm-hmm. We just went and we turned the TV on or we're on our phone. So we're just like finding a way to distract without being planful about it. So, th- so the one thing that I do really encourage people is that, you know, like maybe at four o'clock, you can go for a walk, you can go for a run and that you make it known in your house that you need time by yourself. Mm-hmm. And that can be tricky, again, because if you're not supposed to be introverted, then you shouldn't need time by yourself. <laughs> so, again, helping like that piece about acceptance of what you need. You know, so you can show up for your family and your partner. But the one piece that I do find is helpful is when I tell them that when you do take care of yourself, you actually show up much more present with your kids, with your partner, instead of this um, yeah. irritated version of yourself or not quite, but more withdrawn. And I do think there's, like, depending on what stage kids are at, it makes a difference too. Because right? when my kids were really little, that was a tricky thing. And I, my, I had my kids quite close together, where what life looks like now when my youngest is nine is much different, you know, because they are more independent, mm-hmm. you know, less need for that constant conversation. Yeah, for people that are just, you know, having little ones, but it does yeah. change. Yeah, so definitely. It gets a bit better that way. <laughs> Good. There's that campaign. It gets better. Yeah. <laughs> we could say that to introverted parents of little ones. Yes. Great. Thank <laughs> yes. you for all of that. Well, yeah. and so you mentioned this just a, a couple of minutes ago, and I this is how I want to conclude our conversation is kind of hearkening back to the last episode that I had where my guest and I talked a little bit about introversion and depression and anxiety. What do you know about introverts and depression that can help us to know if we just want to be alone or just need downtime or if something else is going on? Yeah, and I think the biggest difference is really how it feels inside. Mm-hmm. You know, so if I want to be home, I might have an idea of what I want to do. So I'm going to stay home and read my book or, you know, I'm going to watch Netflix because I really love this series versus I'm staying home and I'm just going to turn the TV on because I don't have energy to do one more thing. You know, and if there's like one day or two days like that, like that's not concerning. But if you're really finding that, like you only have a limited energy and it gets spent at work, it gets spent being with your kids and there's nothing left. So, you know, when a friend, you know, calls you or texts you and you, you just feel like you can't even answer that text, mm-hmm. you know, there's family dinner and you like you just you just can't go. You know that you're avoiding things versus staying home because you're doing something that you love. Yeah. Or, or at least enjoy. That's a great distinction. That's very helpful. Yeah. And when I was thinking about this question, I think there can be a bit of a slippery slope between I'm just staying home and enjoying myself to like now I've stayed away from people too long mm-hmm. <laughs> and then it feels hard to reach out. So yeah. that's where I think texting is probably great for introverts because it's so much easier for me to text somebody than to call somebody. So I think it kind of can help go over that hump, but even for people to watch that, you know, have they stayed away for too long? Yeah. Yeah. Can they reach out now and not, you know, wait maybe next week? Because even though we don't need a lot of people, we still need people. Yes. Well, it sounds like you're, you're inviting us to pay attention to our motivation and to recognize that there is that sort of thin line between re-energizing and withdrawing. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah. Yeah. And that it's okay to reach out for help. It's, pretty important to do that. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I do believe, yeah, there is, you can have too much of a good thing, a good thing being alone time. <laughs> um, even if you're enjoying your your favorite book or Netflix or your pets or whatever it is that, you know, gardening or yoga or whatever it is that you like to do um, that is part of your solitary activities. 
I start to notice when I cross that line to where I start to have trouble imagining doing something social or reaching out. And and I realize, oh, I'm, I'm kind of curling into my shell just perhaps a little bit too much. And, and even just sending a text to a friend, even if she doesn't reply right away, or we don't get to talk that day or something, just even reaching out that little tiny bit often makes me feel a little bit better. And at least breaks the cycle of staying curled inward. Yeah, yeah. And I think it doesn't take a lot for us, just as you said, to feel that connection, right? Just remembering that friend and sending the text. Like, okay, that friendship is true. You and I trust that she'll text me back when she can. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I love that, that this friendship is true. It's true. It's true. So we all need people like that. Yeah. And they, they, I think those people depend on us to reach out to them, you know, because I think introverts can also have a little bit of a, um, don't call us, we'll call you (laughs) sort of (laughs) aura about us. And so they're not necessarily, depending on who they are, they're not going to initiate and they'll wait for us. And if we wait for them, we'll wait forever. Oh, it's totally, yeah. Yeah. So sometimes you just have to reach out. Yeah. 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 Well, that's very helpful. Thank you for that um, additional perspective, um, because I think it's a really important topic. And I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for people like you who are, you know, experts who are focusing in on and, and being able to talk about introversion and depression and anxiety, because that gets into an area that coaches like me mm, can't really go. So I'm, I'm super grateful that you're there doing that work. So thank you for that. Oh, you're welcome. So I want to wrap up this wonderful conversation with a question that I ask all of my guests. And I've waved a magic wand, and you have been granted an all-expenses-paid three-week vacation on Introvert Island, and you can only take three books with you. What would you take with you and why? Uh, Well, this first book, I actually have read this book. It's Wild by Cheryl Strait. Mm -hmm. And and I think I read it like four or five years ago, but like I felt like I was hanging out with my best friend. (laughs) Really just about her journey going on this trail. And it's like so much about her internal world and everything that she experiences and processes. So um, then the second one, it's called Hold On To Your Kids by Dr. Gordon Newfeld. And I saw him, I went to his conference, I think at the end of May, and just such a smart man, like really understands relationships, attachment, and then he brings anxiety and depression into that. And even though it's about parents and kids, but I, my guess would be that it, it helps us understand all our relationships. Mm-hmm. And then the last one, uh, my new favorite author is Frederick Bachman. Yeah. And the one book I haven't read yet is My Grandmother Asked Me to Tell You She's Sorry. <laughs> and again, when he writes, like he's just such a, you know, takes that one character and goes deep into that character. Mm-hmm. And when I read his work, I feel like I'm hanging out with, with his main character, which I love that experience. Is, yeah. is that fiction or memoir or nonfiction? Or? Uh, that, that last one's fiction. Fiction. Okay. It's a, that title sounds like a memoir of sorts. Oh, yeah. And that kind of tells you that there's going to be an intimate connection with a character like you described. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. That's one reason I love this question is because we get to be introduced to books and authors that we might never have encountered before. So so thank you for bringing those. And um, Tracy, what is the best way for people to connect with you and learn more? I want you to mention your new podcast. Since we are on a podcast, <laughs> I'm hoping that um, other podcast listeners will come your way and uh, and also to learn about your work. 
My website is quietpathways.com and then my podcast is called Quiet Pathways and I just started it. So I think I am on episode six and just like the things that you and I talk about is similar things I talk about in the podcast and uh, I'm really loving doing that, which I'm, I didn't know if I would, but um, quite fun to do. And just the last thing I'm working on, I'm developing a three month and six month program because I've realized right now the only way people can work with me is if they have an issue. And then I can also help them with the introversion. But with these programs is that they wouldn't actually need an issue to work with me. Mm. But I can still um, deal with depression, anxiety, those kinds of things through the program. So hopefully in a few months, I'll have that out for people to check out. Fabulous. That sounds great. Well, I will make sure that links to all of that is in the show notes and um, encourage people to bookmark your site, uh, subscribe to your blog and the podcast and stay tuned for information about those programs because that sounds wonderful. So thank you so much for for sharing your your expertise and your wisdom and um, and insights with us. It's been a pleasure chatting with you, Tracy. Yeah, thank you, Beth. I really enjoyed it too. Thank you so much for listening. Remember to visit my website at theintrovertentrepreneur.com slash podcast for links to Tracy's podcast, her blog, and her other offerings. If you'd like to connect with me, I welcome your emails at beth at theintrovertentrepreneur.com, or you can contact me using the short contact form on my website at theintrovertentrepreneur.com. If you enjoy this content, please consider leaving a review on iTunes and sharing this podcast with your family, friends, and your colleagues. Thank you so much for joining me and Tracy, and we both hope that you took something a way that was useful for your life and your business. Also, a big thank you to Paul Messing, my podcast producer. This is Beth Below of The Introvert Entrepreneur. It's been a pleasure sharing this time with you. Until we meet again, remember that success is an inside job. Thank you.